Okay. We're on chapter 5 in the Believer's Authority series. When this series started, I gave many books out. And this book is a was a seed that as the church we were sowing into every child of God here. Because we wanted you really, I really wanted you to get this rooted and grounded in you. So uh, the course is all about us learning who we are in Christ and the authority that Christ has given us. And we've been learning step by step, precept by precept, line upon line about where we get this authority. How can we begin to command instead of beg and, and ask? There's, there's a place uh, where we can take authority and begin to command. Evil spirits, principalities, powers. We're not commanding the Lord to do anything for us. We're commanding evil forces to bow, to get under our feet when we're under attack. That's where the commands come from. That's where the authority comes from. You're not making God do something he don't want to do. Don't, don't think like that. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in perfect agreement with the authority that's been given to the body of Christ. They, they, the, the three of them actually love to see you walk in your God-given rights, covenant rights, and the authority that's been given to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven rejoices whenever you get this. When you get the revelation of it and you start applying it in your life, heaven actually rejoices. So tonight, uh, chapter 5 talks about exercising our authority. And one of the things that I gave you a book for was because if you go to college, they give you books. Uh, you have section by section they go through. And it's your responsibility to study. As we grow, it's our responsibility to study. If we don't take Bible courses uh, seriously, we won't learn anything. It's just a joke. And a lot of people go to church and they, they, they don't understand or they don't apply or they don't take... Half of them don't know what they even heard 30 minutes after the sermon. They're like, what happened? I don't know. What did I preach on today? They're like, well, what did he preach on? That's why it's so good to have a notebook and a pen to take notes. The one, the number one reason that I still take notes in a compass in my notebook over there when I'm doing sermons is I write it down. I write what the Holy Spirit gives me, and when I write it down, something happens. I don't know how how I, how it all works, but I can remember just about everything that I write down. But if I just read it and don't write it down. Yeah, I still have it, but I get it in me deeper when I take notes. And you don't have to take, uh, write everything that I say down. It's what the Holy Spirit says to you, hey, this is important, I need to write this down. Write it down, because it gets in you, it gets deeper in you. And this is something that we need to definitely take serious, is our authority as a believer. So, I've asked you to read... Last week, I'm, every, every week we go to a different chapter. So your assignment this week was to read chapter 5. So it's, it's very important that when you come here for the lesson that you've already done your homework. Your homework was to read chapter 5. It's not, each section is not 
really so so long. Some are shorter, some are longer. This one was a little bit longer, but uh, you know, if we read it one time and read it again and read it again, we got seven days between this Wednesday and next Wednesday to read each chapter. And you want to get it in you deeper and deeper and deeper. The deeper you get in it, the more you're going to have it in you. And when it's time for action, you just you just go right into action with it. That's where you've got to get it to where when it just becomes a second reaction. I mean, it's like a baseball player swinging at a ball. He's been taught that all his life. It's second nature just to hit that ball. We got to become second nature when the enemy shows up instead of us. How do we respond when the enemy shows up? Are we begging, pleading? Are we hiding under the bed, getting in a closet? Are we talking about how big the devil is and how bad the devil is? Or are we rising up in our God-given authority and beginning to rebuke these devils, rebuke the enemy? And that's within your authority to do that. Amen? So tonight in chapter 5, the... Uh, the title is called Exercising Authority. So I want you to turn with me in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. I'm going to let you read that. Turn with me in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. And then we're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Because in this chapter, we are figuring out where Jesus is now after his death, after his resurrection. He has ascended into heaven and he's taken a seat as our high priest. He's taken a seat at the right hand of the Father. The right hand means the place of authority. But he's taken a seat. He's, he's kind of uh, uh, placed his uh, ministry temporarily aside but his ministry hadn't stopped what he's depended upon now for his ministry to continue in the earth he depended on the body to do amen, amen. he has taken a seat but he, he's depended upon his body to continue what he was doing while he was on the earth and when you look and read the book of Acts, that's exactly what you see the church becoming. They are representing, represent, is represent. They are representing Jesus on the earth. He's doing it through Peter. He's doing it through Paul. He's doing it through Philip. He's doing it through all believers. Through all believers. One of the biggest obstacles to the church today is um, they are looking at the fivefold ministry to do what Jesus wants done in the earth. Y'all know the fivefold ministry. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about Jesus gave gifts unto men, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. That's known as the fivefold ministry offices positions in the church. Uh, those five offices are, are still very active today. 
None of them have been deleted. All of them are still needed. Okay? But most people sitting in churches today, I've studied this quite out quite a bit. From the pews, most people, because this is not taught, most people in the pews are dependent upon the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers to do everything. If somebody needs if somebody's sick in the hospital, call the pastor. If somebody needs to get saved, call the evangelist. If a church needs to be planted in Saudi Arabia, call the apostle. But here, you're taking away the believers. The believers, the people that are that believe in Christ have authority. You don't have to call the pastor to go pray for the sick. Why? Because according to Mark chapter 16, 15 through 20, Jesus said, those that believe in my name, they will, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He's talking about believers. He didn't say nothing about the pastor. He said all those that believe. So the believers need to be activated in the church today. And they need to be told, you don't need to look for the pastor to do it all. You don't need the apostle to do it all. You don't need the evangelist to save them all. You know what? When you're on your work job, as a believer, you can be a soul winner. You can lead somebody to Jesus. You don't have to call the evangelist. Amen? Amen. We are believers. And we've been empowered. And that is the will of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. Who has, who, who, Brother Gunnar, can you read that for me? Sir. Ephesians 1 20. That he worked in Christ when, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Amen. So, number one, well, you need to understand where Jesus is now. He's positioned in heaven, he's not walking on earth anymore. His ministry, his mission, was accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. What he called, came to do, he accomplished. And he took a seat. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Who's got that one? Read it out loud so that the camera can hear it. Ephesians 2, 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. He hath raised us. Who is us in this, in this sentence? Church. The church. The body. He's raised us up together to sit with Christ. Where's Christ sitting? The right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father. Where, where, where are we sitting? You've got to see this spiritually. Naturally, I know you're sitting here tonight. Naturally. Spiritually. Where are you positioned? Right hand. You might as well say you're sitting in Jesus' lap. You're sitting with Him. He has raised you up. You didn't raise yourself up, but when you became a believer, hallelujah, it was His decision that whenever you got saved, He's going to raise you up. And if spiritually, you are sitting in heavenly places together with Him. In heavenly places. What's the next verse say? I think it says something about far above. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable 
one it says, uh, well, 120 and 21 says, the right hand in heavenly places far above all principality. That's in, but that's in chapter one. Okay, Ephesians 121. That's the one I want. It says, now that we're raised up, we're sitting in Christ, and where's Christ? When Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, what does it say, Sophie? Is under his feet? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in also that which is to come. That means everything, <coughs> all power, all principalities, any weapons that the devil may have, any demons, principalities, powers, all these things are underneath Jesus' feet. That means Jesus has authority over them all. And because you're sitting with him, they are also under your feet. Can you see this? You are in him. He is in you. You got to see where you're sitting because when you know where you're sitting, you can understand where you get this authority from. Amen? Amen. You're positioned in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above all principalities and powers. They're underneath his feet. Amen? Okay. Um, yeah. It says, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. Amen. Amen. So what that really tells me, that's a good uh, way that came out. Is he's ruling. He's reigning. He has all authority. There's no king on this earth that can provoke the king of all kings. He's got all authority, all power, all might, and all dominion have to submit to him down here on this earth. Amen? And you are sitting with him. And you are to rule and reign. Amen? Amen? Rule and reign. That's hard for some of us to, to conceive. I'm going to rule and reign. Uh, okay. Now, the next thing. I think it, we're going to go to the vision now. Y'all read about the vision. This vision really speaks loud and clear to me. It really helps me understand how this thing works. When I read that vision that Brother Hagin had, and he got these visions by praying Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and on down. Y'all remember when we started the book, it, it, it was about the prayers of Paul. The prayers of Paul. And it, th these are not just normal prayers of Paul. Everything that's written in the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just Paul thinking up a prayer and it sounded good. No, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit and written down by men. So the Holy Spirit actually wrote this letter. And he told Paul how to pray for the church at Ephesus. In 118, he said, May you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And may the eyes of our understanding be opened. That's a powerful prayer. I've encouraged y'all. Pray that daily over yourself. Get it inside of your spirit, man. Because what will happen is you'll begin to get revelation. 
of God's Word. We don't need more knowledge. We don't need more information. We need more revelation from God's Word. Amen? Sometimes we think we have so much We know so much that you can't, you can't teach nobody nothing that knows everything. Amen? Jimmy, if, if he's trying to teach somebody how to sell a car, and the guy said, I've already been at three car lots. I know how to sell cars. Well, you might as well quit talking to him, Jimmy, because you can't tell him nothing. He knows all about it. And Jimmy's like saying, man, I could really help this young guy. I've been in this for about 30-something years. I, could, I see where he's stumbling at. But I can't help him because he knows everything. And we got Christians like that too. They know everything. They've already been in this long enough. And you can't teach them nothing new because they settled in their ways. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Revelation. Um, what was that? What was that? Oh, the vision. Thank you. The vision. Uh, in my words, from reading the book, as Brother Hagin was praying, Jesus came to him in a vision and was talking to him about using the authority as a believer over the devil and demons and the work of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy. So, as he was, Jesus, just say for instance, Jesus was standing here and uh, Brother Hagin was there where Gunner sitting. And Jesus is explaining and talking and, and giving him revelation. And listen, if it's coming straight from Jesus, it's revelation. Jesus didn't miss it. He knew how to handle the devil. Amen? So he's talking. Brother Hagin's sitting there listening. But all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, and this is how the enemy works. He tries to create a uh, distraction. When the Lord's trying to talk to us, the enemy likes to, he likes to uh, bring up some kind of distraction to stop us, to get us off course. So when, when Jesus is talking, a cloud of smoke kind of appears. And it got to where you couldn't really see Jesus real clearly because of the smoke. And then a little demon, M, pops up. He said he looked, looked kind of like a monkey figure. And the, 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 the devil, the, the little demon, just kept jumping up and down, throwing his arms. Y'all picturing this? He's acting crazy. He's acting silly. This little demon is. And he's, and he's making these weird sounds. Yakety yak, yakety yak, 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 And Brother Hagin's trying to listen to what Jesus is saying. Jesus never stopped talking. Jesus seen the same thing Brother Hagin seen. The demon. The smoke. And Brother Hagin was trying to hear what Jesus was saying. He was getting really annoyed because he's like, Jesus, can't you see what's going on here? Why don't you do something about this? I can't hear you, Jesus. Do something. Jesus never did anything. Just kept talking. Just kept talking. Just kept talking. Finally, Brother Hagin got upset enough, and that's the way we have to get sometimes. After you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll put your, your foot down on the devil's head. But sometimes we put up with a lot before we decide to put the foot down. So after... Brother Hagin said to the demon, he said, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, get out of here. And the little demon wimped off like a little dog. 
and left the scene. The smoke went, the little demon left, and then Brother Hagin is asking Jesus, Jesus, why didn't you do something? Didn't you see the same thing that I did? He was interrupting our conversation. I kept waiting on you to do something about this demon. Why didn't you do something? And Jesus said, I couldn't. And Brother Hagin said, I misunderstood what you said. I know you didn't say you couldn't. Rather, you said you wouldn't. And Jesus said, no, I didn't say I wouldn't. I said I could not. Four times they had this conversation. Because it's hard for us to conceive in our mind, Jesus is out of here. He's not doing anything. What's he doing? He's waiting on us. Because we have authority in the earth now to do something. He waited on Brother Hagin to, to make the command. And when he made the command, the demon went off. And this goes back all the way to the garden. The book of Genesis has everything you need to know about, I mean, most of the problems we have, you can find it in the book of Genesis. Think about this. And I, I was really thinking about this myself today. When God gave, created the earth, he gave dominion to man. Do all y'all agree on that? Yes. If you read the book of Genesis, you'll see where he gave dominion of the earth over everything God had made he gave Adam the rule to and to reign and have dominion over the works of his hands y'all hear that Adam's in control now on the earth guess what here comes the enemy the serpent came in the garden right he was cunning he was deceptive he deceived Eve. Adam agreed. What happened? Adam lost his authority through the fall of sin. Guess who got the authority? Y'all see that? You say, where is that in Scripture? It's all over. It's in many different places. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that uh, the God of this world, the little g, God of this world, this world that we live in has blinded the minds of those that believe not. The God of this world. It ain't talking about God the Father because God the Father is the light. He don't blind folks. He opens their eyes to see who Christ is. But who, who's behind blinding people that believe not? The God of this world. Guess what? His lease ain't run out yet. His lease ain't run out yet. He still got it. You say, why do you say he still got it? When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, he defeated the devil, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But the devil still got the power, but he gave us authority. He delegated authority to us to put the devil in his place when he showed up. Listen, the world don't have authority over the devil. They still swayed by the devil. You don't believe me? Watch the news tonight. You can see they under the sway of the wicked one. 
They don't even know what bathroom to go in no more. I mean, goodness, this world is so warped. In a, a spirit of insanity going through the world. They don't know heads or tails. They don't know they're man or female. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Confusion everywhere. Who's behind confusion? The devil. The God of this world. He wants to confuse people. You know what you do when confusion tries to come into your life? You recognize who's behind it. And guess what you do? You have to do what Brother Hagin did because Jesus said, I done gave you authority. Going back to the garden, I don't want to miss this point. And you think about this. After God gave Adam the dominion, he gave it to him. He didn't take it back. He didn't take it back. Whenever the, the, the serpent came into the garden, God could have, if God wanted to, he could have stepped back in right. and said, Devil, Adam may not know who you are. Eve may not know who you are. But I know who you are. Get out of my garden. But he didn't because he gave all the authority to Adam. That's right. And he didn't take it back. And guess what? Adam didn't look up to the Father neither. And say, God, creator of the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in it. There's a devil in this garden. What you want me to do? He didn't do that either. And guess what else he didn't do? He didn't use his authority that had been given to him by God the Father, the God creator. And because he didn't use his authority, guess what happened? He lost, his authority. He lost it. Do y'all see this? He lost it. Now who has it? The God of this world. It was a, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, I said this last week. I want to prove this point home. Some of y'all wasn't here. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and Satan came, one of the temptations was, if you will bow down and worship me, the devil said, I will give you the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus didn't say, that's a lie. Because he knew Satan had the kingdoms of this world. He's the God of this world. Y'all see this? Okay, everything's scriptural. This ain't hocus pocus. This ain't Reader's Digest. This is all scriptural being tied together. But you've got to see this. So when Adam didn't use his authority, he lost it. And that's the same way the enemy will act in our lives. When he cut, even though Jesus defeated him on the cross and rose again and defeated him and he stripped him from authority or power. Well, let's say the devil still got power. You see the murders. You see the influence of the devil. He ain't lost all his power. But Jesus defeated him and when he rose and got, the, he gave the authority to the church under the and through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, in my name. And but the authority we don't use, we walk in defeat, just like Adam. We walk in defeat. The serpent can come into your garden, 
But if you don't tend your garden, and if you don't use the authority that he's given you, invested in his name, to rule over the principalities and the powers and the might, dominion, and the things on this earth that come against who you are in Christ, if you don't use your authority, those things will still operate. Amen? Mm -hmm. When temptation comes your way, you have to use authority. When lust comes your way, you have to use authority. When the devil comes to put sickness and disease on you, you have to use your authority. Amen? When he comes to steal your livelihood, your possession, to uh, crush your business, you have to take authority over these things. If you don't, he just walks about, takes what he wants, and leaves, and you're sitting there like, Jesus, why didn't you do something? And Jesus is saying, I couldn't. I gave you that authority. And we're still blaming everything on God when God's saying, I left you well equipped in my son's name to rule and to reign here. Have dominion. Everything that Adam lost, the second Adam and the last Adam restored to the church. Everything. Nothing was missing. But we need to learn to use the authority. But we've been so used that when the enemy shows up, like this little demon, of looking to Jesus to say, Jesus, you do something about it. You do something about it. You see the same thing I'm seeing. Jesus, do something. And Jesus said, my ministry, I completed it. But I delegated authority to you to handle this situation. And Jesus will sit there and let it go on and let it go on to you get the revelation. I better speak up. I better use my dominion. I better use the name of Jesus here. Or the devil going to steal, kill, and destroy in my house. You've got to use your dominion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That gives Jesus, uh, it makes Jesus happy when you use your authority. Now, just like Victor said in the movie, Jesus gave him a delegated authority. See, Jesus has all authority. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. And he, he still has it. He has it. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But he delegates the authority to whomever he wishes. He decided to delegate his authority to the whole church. Those that will believe in my name, he said, will cast out demons, number one. But we're so used to, when we get into a bind, we say, Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. Jesus said, you need to take authority over this, this attack. You've got to rebuke this enemy. You've got to put him, on, put him on the road. He's waiting on you to use your authority. Y'all seeing this? Okay. Uh, so when Brother Hayden got this vision, He said to Jesus, Jesus, you couldn't do it. And, and Brother Hagin said, you got to give me at least four scriptures in the New Testament that prove this. And Jesus was fine with that. Because the Bible said every word is established by two or three witnesses. Every word in the whole Bible. So 
So if Jesus didn't have no problem, he, he said, I'll give you more than two or three. I'm going to give you four. And Brother Hagin said, I done read the, the, the New Testament 150 times or so. He said, I ain't ever seen it in there. And Jesus said, there's a lot in there you ain't seen. There's a lot in there we ain't seen, all of us. That's there, but we just don't know how to apply it, put it together. Like this authority here. Some people have a serious problem praying this way. They have a serious problem. But I want to thank Jesus for giving me the insight to this many, many years ago. I've been praying with authority for a long time. And I'm certain because of this authority, giving him all the glory, there's been a lot of miracles done. There's been a lot of demons cast out. And when I had to cast out demons, I did not beg the demon to leave because Jesus didn't. He never begged the demon to leave. He commanded the devil to go. If you're going to get one to go, I bet you you don't get one to go because you're begging him to leave. If you don't believe me, try it. And you'll come back later and say, that devil just kept shaking his head saying, I ain't going nowhere. But whenever you take your authority and you know your authority, that's the key to authority is knowing it. Mm -hmm. Confidently, I know that when I speak in the name of Jesus Christ, you foul spirit, you have to obey. I know that. And the devil knows if you know. Because in Acts chapter 19, there were seven sons of Sceva that said, we're going we're gonna to cast out some devils too. That looks like something we'd like to get into. Well, they tried it. And the, and the man beat all of them up, tore their clothes off, and beat them and run them down the street. The man that had a demon. And the demon spoke when the seven sons of Sceva came against that evil spirit. The demon spoke through the man. Y'all remember what he said? Jesus, I know. All I know. Uh -oh. When he said, who are you? And he will. You better know who you are. Because he'll try to make you question, do you know who you are? Do you know your authority? That's one of the tricks of the enemy when you cast an out demons. He may say, where'd you get this authority? They talk. They'll talk. Y'all don't believe me. They talked in Jesus' day. They still talking. So they'll act, they'll say super tough. You just got to know who you are, where you're sitting, the authority that's been delegated. I have it. Jesus has given it to me. I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven to bind, to loose. I got the keys to cast out devils in his name. So Jesus said, I'll give you four scriptures. The first one was Matthew 28, 18. Same one we had up here. I got all authority in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has given him authority, given him the scriptures that he needs to know that he's got authority. Jesus said, I got authority, and I got a, I got the power to delegate the authority. You know, every, just say a king that's ruling in Thailand or we don't have kings in America. But we have, there's kings in Africa, there's kings all over the world. And they have, what they, the king don't do everything in the kingdom. 
What's he do? Delegate authority. If he wants, uh, if his, if the king wants to speak to something, if the king in Saudi Arabia wants to speak something to the king in Thailand, the king don't leave most of the time. What he'll do? He'll send an ambassador. The ambassador only says what the king said. He don't add to it. He don't subtract from it. The ambassador only speaks. The ambassador of the United States, whenever they go to these big meetings, the ambassador has been, has been told what you have the authority to say, nothing else. You can't add to it. You can't say America's going to do something that the king ain't said or the president has said. So Jesus said, I've got the authority and I'm delegating it to, somebody say, the church. And the church is the body. The body. Where's the body? I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the body tonight. I'm part of the body. You're part of the body. Number two, Jesus said, I'm going to give you another scripture. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18. We talked about that one a few minutes ago a little bit. Jesus said, he that believeth in my name. And the first thing he said was, if you believe in my name, you will cast out demons. That means you've got authority over the demons. Believers, not pastors, not apostles, not evangelists. They do because they're part of the believers. But all believers need to understand, I'm not powerless. Amen. I'm not powerless. Just because I sit on the back row and just because I come to church and I never preach behind this pulpit. Listen, the least person in the body of Christ have more power than the devil yes. Amen. if they use that authority yes. if they use that authority but Mark 16 the first thing he said is you got authority in my name to cast out devils that's exactly what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 10 and Luke chapter 9 Jesus told his disciples he said Come here, like two by two. Come here. I'm giving you authority to go preach the kingdom. And he said, two things you're going to do. You're going to cast out the devil and you're going to heal the sick. That's the two things he told them. He said, now go. He delegated authority to them. Well, it's no different today. We are the body. Number three. <coughs> James chapter four, verse seven. Anybody know what that says? Submit to God. Hmm? Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And? And he will flee. Amen. We need to know them kind of scriptures. When we are, are hit by the devil, I know Papa Barrington told me years ago, he said one day, he said, Papa Barrington said, I ain't afraid of nothing. He done fought on the island of Iwo Jima and three other islands before then, been shot at. I mean, bombs all around him. I mean, it ain't easy to scare him. He said one day, one night, he was walking in the hall of his house, and he said a spirit came and attacked him with a spirit of fear. You remember this stuff? Yeah. A spirit of fear. He said, it gripped me. He said, out of nowhere. He said, I was scared. I was fearful. He said, I ain't, this ain't like me. He's under attack. He's under attack. Under the principalities, the power, a demonic attack. What did Papa do? Papa said he came off with a scripture. It is written. 
Submit myself to God, resist the devil, and you shall flee. He said when he said that, he said that thing lifted off of him. He said I had to resist the devil. Who's going to do the resisting? We are. That's the key. Sometimes we say, Jesus, get the devil off of me. Jesus, get the devil off of me. Jesus, get this fear off of me. Jesus said, I'm sitting down up here. I'm taking it easy. I done done. I done kicked the devil till every day I was down there. He said, now it's your time to use your authority. So when the enemy hits you, you don't have to pick up the phone. Call nobody. You have authority. And when you start using it, you'll see the enemy has to go. Just know who you are and where you're sitting. Amen? James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. That's the first thing. Submit to God. Submit to God. Don't leave that part out. Resist. Resist means to stand your ground. Fight back. Amen? Resist the attack of the enemy. Resist the devil and he will flee. But you have to do the resisting. That scripture, and Jesus gave him uh, that scripture when using uh, the authority, saying, I couldn't, but I gave you the authority. You resist. You cast out demons. Number four, 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Who can read that for me? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and verse 9. Miss Laura, you have it? Mm-hmm. Okay, read it out loud for me. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion, walking about, seeking to be made to bow. In verse 9? Oh, I don't have that one, I'm sorry. Okay. Now, I was reading it out of the book I was looking at. Well, that's okay. So, that's good. And that's exactly what I needed. Uh, resist, first, him, resist him and him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay. That, those two tie together. But it said, the, the devil, your adversary, be sober, be vigilant, because he's roaming about. You got to see this in the spirit. He's roaming about. He got a, he got an assignment. He still got an assignment as the God of this world to disrupt. You know what he wants to do? Take people to hell. He don't want them to serve Jesus. He don't want them to know Jesus. He don't want them to be saved and go to heaven. He wants to keep them defeated. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his work. And he's roaming about. Every day he goes out, he's looking to steal. He's looking to kill. He's looking to destroy. Look at Channel 5 News. You'll see that's what's happening. Look at CNN. You'll see that's what's happening. That's what's happening. People stealing. They're killing. Things are being destroyed all over this world. That's because the devil still has the lease on this thing. But it said, when you see that, he's just roaring, he's going about like a roaring lion. Seeking. Seeking. I'm looking who I can devour today. I'm looking, who can, who can I devour? Christians shouldn't be afraid. They shouldn't be saying, oh, he's coming after me. He's coming after me. He'd say, you, you, and when you know your authority, say, if he comes over here, I'm going to deal with it. He's going to wish he had to come to this house. Amen? When them two guys that shut it, it, I don't know if I should say this on tape. In Millersville, when the inmates got out and they killed them two guards yeah. and they were roaming about Madison and, and everywhere and they didn't know where they was at, 
And they say they offered like a hundred thousand. God, you can't lose with these weapons. We folks to be hiding from the devil. I hope he don't come my way. Well, you let him come. But when he come, you take out that two-edged sword, like Jesus did. Oh, I better get up out of here. I'm gonna need a hundred, hundred thousand stitches if I don't leave. Yeah, you gotta use that sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. But anyhow, Jesus wasn't running from it. Neither should we at the church. Be sober, be vigilant. But the Bible says in verse nine, you have to resist him steadfast in the faith. You gotta have faith. Everything works by faith. It takes faith to cast out demons. What's your faith then? The authority that Jesus said. I got faith in Mark chapter 16, verse uh, 18. In my name, you can cast out demons. I got faith in that. If I have to cast out a demon, and the demon said, Stacy, what scripture you got? I said, I got Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I got Mark chapter 16. I got 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Which one you want? The devil said, Ooh, I better go somewhere else. He's going to cut me up. He already knows the word. Y'all see how it works? Okay. Now, the last thing tonight. Very important. Remember this. Jesus is the head. We are the body. Brother Hagen mentions that in the, in the book. That some people in the body act like Jesus don't need them. That's not right. That's not scriptural. To think, well, Jesus don't need me. That's not scriptural. Listen, all throughout the whole Bible, I was out evangelizing one day, and I met a guy, and I went into his house. He said, Jesus don't need me. God can do whatever he wants to. Well, yes, he can, but that ain't the way he chose to do. He chose to use man. When God wanted to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, God didn't go to Pharaoh himself and say, turn my people loose. What did he do? He rose up a man. He rose up a man. Why? Because God chose to work through a man. He chose, to, he chose Moses. And he said, you go tell Moses what I said. God made that decision. It was his choice. Then when God wanted to destroy Jericho, God could have knocked them all down all by himself without telling nobody nothing. But he didn't. He chose Joshua. And said, Joshua, you tell my people what the commander of the Lord of hosts says. You tell my people that if they walk around this, this thing seven times and on the last day shout, these walls will come down. God chose a man. When God wanted to speak to the children of Israel, he could have thundered and lightning. He could have wrote it in the clouds. But he didn't. Guess what he did? He rose up Jeremiah. He rose up Isaiah. He rose up, rose up Micah. He rose up the prophets in the Old Testament because he was working through man. God has always worked through man. For us to say God don't need me is not right. It's not scriptural. God needs you because here's the thing. You've got to get a revelation of the head and the body. The head is Jesus. He's the head of the church, the Bible said. We are the body. But here's the thing. You got to get it naturally, spiritually and naturally, you need to understand. The head can't accomplish much 
without the body. You understand? The easiest way to look at this is somebody take your head off. Lay it up here. And say, now head, walk out the door. The head gonna say, I can't go nowhere. You know why he can't go nowhere? Because he ain't got no legs. He needs the body. The, body, the leg, he's going to carry the head where the head wants to go. Amen? The hands, everything is needful in the body. We have been designed by Almighty God for the head and the body to work together. We are submissive to the head, Jesus Christ. But Jesus has said... By design and my, my plan, I work through my body now in the earth. I've got to have my body. For you to say Jesus don't need me is non-scriptural. He needs you. Guess what? If somebody's going to get saved, there ain't nobody getting saved unless somebody in the body tells somebody about Jesus. He needs your mouth. He needs you to speak. That's why he said, go into all the world and preach. Who's going to preach? Jesus, is, he, he already took a seat. Who's going to do the preaching? We are. we are. Guess who ain't going to do the preaching? Angels. He ain't called angels to preach. He called man to preach. Amen. Not saying that an angel can't show up and tell you something. I ain't saying that. I'm just saying... God's design is to use man in this earth. Well, he needs you. He needs you to be a witness. He needs you to know your authority. The head and the body are one. Every one of us in here could say amen to that because your head is attached to your body. And you ain't going nowhere tonight just because you thought. You can thank you in your car and driving down the road if you want to, but when I come back in the morning, if your legs didn't walk out of here, you still be here tomorrow. <laughs> Amen? We need the head, the body needs the head, and the head needs the body. Amen. And for us to be effective in the earth and represent Jesus, the head and the body work together. We are submissive to the head. The head tells us, he gives us the signal, he tells us what to do, he gives the command, we do it in his name. And last but not least, authority has nothing to do with your feelings. It's all by faith. That's right. You wake up one day, you may see, after you had a three-day fast, and you've been spending present time in the presence of the Lord, and you feel like Superman. You feel like, man, Jesus is all with me. He's with me today. I'm just ready. I'm ready. I'm loaded. I'm locked and ready. And you feel good. But then another day, you had attacks, Things ain't been going right at the office, the, the work. Your children ain't doing right. You don't feel like you're super spiritual. And all of a sudden, here comes the devil. And when you say, well, I don't feel spiritual today. I better not jump on this one. I better not even go there. I don't feel. No, the devil's going to whoop me today. It ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. When Jesus delegated authority to you, you got it. It's not based on how you feel. Your faith is not based on how you feel. Your faith is based on the word of the Lord.